to another edition of the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame's Hall Call Podcast. Summer is winding down, which means football season is upon us. Uh, our topic today is actually centered around the game of football and one game in particular that has taken place for over a half century. The Priority Toyota Charity Bowl brings together everything we love about sports. The game itself with great players and a great venue, but it also shows us how sports can be used for good as a way to better the community we serve. Today, we're actually joined in studio, no phone calls today, by a trio of guests to talk about this unique charitable sporting event that happens to take place right here in southeastern Virginia. Joining me today are Ray Potter, who has actually played in the Charity Bowl since its inception in 1968. Orlando Goodhope works at Priority Automotive, but he is a former star running back from Norfolk State, two-time All-CIAA selection, rushed for over 2,700 yards, scored 41 touchdowns. I'm sure I could keep going on and on, Orlando, but I'll, I'll stop there. And Troy Clifton, also from Priority, who is the president of the Charity Bowl. Gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks for having us. See, I told you all three of them are here in studio. (laughs) So the Charity Bowl, for those who don't know, I'm I'm just going to kind of give a little background, but then from there, I I want you guys to kind of tell the story. It began in 1968. It was originally played on Thanksgiving Day or somewhere thereabouts, and, and the goal was to raise money for the Joy Fund, specifically for the Joy Fund, which would which would purchase uh, Christmas presents for underprivileged children. Here we are in 2019. The Charity Bowl has gone through some ups and downs. Ray, since you you were there at the very beginning, I'll kind of let you take it from there. Kind of give us a, a brief synopsis of what the Charity Bowl is, what it has been, and what it is currently. Well, it started by a bunch of guys that just wanted to play another tackle football game. Um, some of the players had played minor league football. They didn't make the playoffs that year, and they decided to use the new Neptune's equipment to play in, in a game. John Brett and... Ken Whitley and uh, other players like Jack Kennedy from Craddock decided to put this thing together. We all suited up at Foreman Field, practiced at Foreman Field, and then we played at uh, Union Kempsville Stadium. They didn't uh, know what to do with the, the money. I think it was only three or $400, and they looked around for, for a charity, and they found the Joy Fund, and that started it. Uh, we played in December for a few years, and it got too cold, <laughs> mainly because we used a lot of high school coaches, and we had to wait till their season was mm-hmm. over. So somebody, probably John Brett, got the idea to go to Thanksgiving. And that really took off after a few years. It was very successful, I'd say, for 25, close to 30 years, being a Thanksgiving Day classic with a lot of great stars playing. And Bruce Rader said once, I think, very well, that it was like a, like a high school, college, all-star game of local talent. We never knew who was going to show up on Thanksgiving, like Orlando over here. Yeah. He just showed up to make me look bad. Um, and it was a great it game. It wasn't just you. It was. <laughs> and uh, so it was, uh, it was fun. It was tackle football. We had, we, at times, we filled that stadium on both sides, and we raised, uh, started getting to be $10,000, which was a lot of money in the 70s. And I think by the 80s, it was close to twenty and 25000 was probably the best we ever did. Mm-hmm. Uh, it paid for a lot of Christmas presents. Uh, we started to lose the stadium. It was going to be changed, and uh, the game was going away. And I was just a coordinator. I helped uh, in various areas, but I wasn't the lead. But I just couldn't let it go. And uh, so we kept when John Brett decided to retire, and and that team led after 37 years of success. And it was going down after that, weren't raising the money. We kept it going for two more years in Virginia Beach, and I knew we were kind of out of business. Some people have stepped up. Uh, Granby High School for one and let us use uh, Power Tent Field. We moved there, kept the tackle game going. 
Uh, we've had some success. The field over on ODU's campus yes, that Maury and Granby used. Right place yep. to play football, but we kind of lost our fan base. Mm-hmm. And uh, after about four years of that, we raised about, I think the best year was 14000 And it was well appreciated by the Joy Fund, but we just couldn't keep it going. And in the first year, Dennis Elmer found out, it turned out that him and I had played flag football together back in the 80s. We had mutual friends like Orlando here and, uh, and Jack Kennedy and uh, Ken Whitley. He stepped in the first year. I think it was sixty thousand. He raised. And I go, whoa! I'm doing something wrong here. So, <laughs> after a few more years of tackle, we decided to go to the flag football game, and here we are. Well, you you mentioned Dennis um, Dennis Elmer from Priority Automotive. He was obviously kind of a big driver in building it back up. You mentioned how the support was going down, and and you know there are ebbs and flows in pretty much everything that goes on. It's how do you how do you keep it relevant, and how do you keep it you know current that you can continue to raise that money. But you did mention Dennis and Orlando. I know that you were a big driver in kind of getting Dennis involved. Talk about how Dennis was able to get involved and how that's kind of changed the path forward for the Charity Bowl. Well, first of all, thanks for having me having me aboard. Today Absolutely. To talk to you guys. And uh, without this guy sitting beside me, this Ray Potter guy, I probably would have never taken on the interest that I took in the game, uh, seeing their compassion and, and and their dedication to seeing the, the football play, game played, it just it, it built something in me. When I first came out as an athlete, you come out just because you want to play. The testosterone is still heavily saturated in your veins and in your bones, and you want to continue to do what you've done all your life. And um, we were just out there to play a game, but then he started, you know, making it relevant uh, that kids were going to benefit from this. And um, I started bringing out little athletic teams out uh, to the games. And once I saw that, I said, you know, I, I want to get behind this and stay a part of this. So as the game, as Mr. Potter was sharing, was dwindling, um, I started reaching out to the contacts that I knew. And, and one of the people who was one of my greatest fans was Dennis Elmer. Um, he's a Redskin fan. Uh, I had a, a shot with the Dallas Cowboys. When I came out of Norfolk State, I signed as a free agent with the Cowboys. And um, we used to haggle all the time. And I, I used to tell him I'm not a Cowboy fan. I just was recruited there. So course I was very loyal to them so we just joked around about that all the time so when football came around the, the joy form was going down I went to him I said hey Dennis um have you ever thought about you know supporting something like a joy fund the joy fund charitable and he knew about it believe it or not he had already known about it no one had ever approached him about being a part of it so I shared the whole idea of him possibly sitting down with Ray Potter and and, and he did he agreed to it and um, to be honest with you, I was quite emotional that he would take the time out to 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 listen to me, and first of all, and then take the time out to listen to us explain what the Joy Fund was about. And his heart went right out to it, and he said, well, I want to get behind it. And he did, and like he said, in the first year, he raised more money than we raised in the last three or four years together. So we were like, this is a good good fit for us. And uh, he he stayed with us, and we're so thankful that he has stayed with us. If that conversation hadn't yielded a result at that time, would the Charity Bowl still be played today? I don't think it would be, uh, because the the participation had gone so so severely down that we were doing everything to try to get people to to see the light of of football. And then the other thing that happened in our area that a lot of people don't, don't pick up on is that Football became big around our area. If you notice, more high schools were being developed. You had all these places that kids, people could go watch football. And during Thanksgiving, this was the day that we played it on. We played it on Thanksgiving morning. By that time, 
football was getting to the point where it's we've had enough, you know. So people were like, uh, you know, another game. Uh, that that know? is true. And even though it holds that status as the oldest charity football game in the country, people's attention spans are what they are. They and drive. if they have a game on Friday and they have a game on Saturday and you're just getting saturated with it, it, it is tough to get that draw out there. Um, you talked about, you know, you saw it as an opportunity to just keep playing. And I think the one thing the Charity Bowl, it, from my perspective, has always had success in is getting, you know, the the star players involved, whether it is the the, t- the old tackle format or now the current flag format, which we'll get into. But how important was it to you to, you know, from one, just to play, but also you're giving back to your community and then recruiting your peers and colleagues to get out there? Well, that was the that became the draw when a lot of people found out myself, the Joe Scotts, these are guys who were great athletes in our area um, that were playing. Mike Howards, guys who played like Miami and uh, the John, James Churches and people like that. I was out there, so it became natural that we we always competed against each other. So it it brought that competition out there to the field just to have that one game instead of having a whole season of playing. You had one game to play, and that was you know very attractive for an athlete. For you know if you did it all the time, very attractive. So we took it out there as a a, a way to you know again to do what we have been doing all our lives. And, and it was just a, a wonderful way to express, you know, some sincerity for the people. So when they would come out, we invite our families. They got a chance to see us again. And, you know, the neighbors and stuff, guys who didn't see us for years. And all of a sudden, we're all on the same field. So that's why we we still reach out to our, our fellow athletes now. And remember back then, you didn't have all of the, the, the DVDs and the cell phones and and kids and everybody came out to park. Back to the attention span. That's yeah. where that. That's where all that changed because when we had just football, I mean, Norview, I grew up in the Norview area. We used to go to Norview games on Friday nights. There'd be 6,000 people at the game. And you would say, well, how do you get that many people in one place? Well, it was all you had to do. <laughs> and they came. So we saw an opportunity again to just play the game, continue to give, be part of it. And then they started seeing the, the light of, hey, look, we can help some kids with this thing. Let's help some kids with it. And that's what we've done. Well, you mentioned the the part about helping kids and obviously this being the charity bowl. It obviously helps charities. And Troy, I'll, I'll bring you and Ray back in on this. It started out just for the Joy Fund. But if you go to the Charity Bowl's website right now, there are 35 charities listed as beneficiaries from last year. How did it go from you know, we're going to support this one to, hey, we can actually probably make a much broader difference in southeastern Virginia? Two words, Dennis Elmer. You know, Dennis Elmer's passion for this area is second to none. He's built an amazing business with all the priority dealerships from here to the D.C. area down to Charlotte. And then Dennis doesn't do anything halfway, but Dennis has always been huge in giving back. I mean, the unwritten rule is to those who much is given, much is expected. So when Dennis recruited me to be on the Charity Bowl board, Years ago, as Troy, you know a lot of um, people that we can get money from who will help us take care of these children's charities. And all the funds from the Charity Bowl go to local Hampton Roads charities. And I think that's significant um, with us who both are charged with raising money and uh, distributing it is we are a local event, local people here. Most I came here in 94, but this is my home. Dennis was raised here, uh, as was Ray in Orlando and stuff like that. So you want to give back. 
But again, it's uh, it starts at the top. Dennis says, this is what we're going to d- do, and I want you to be part of it. And back then, I wasn't, I didn't work for Priority. I knew him through the charity world and some other um, mutual interests. But so he recruited me to be on the board, and here we are. Fast forward six years later, and as he likes to tell people when he talks to them about me, he goes, well, Troy has a hard job because he's got to raise a lot of money. But more importantly, he has to collect that money. <laughs> that's, so, that's the big so, thing. <laughs> so it's one thing for people to say they're going to take care of it, but we've all been around people who promise you the world and they don't deliver. Well, it's my job not only to raise this money, but to make sure that we collect it so we can give it out to these amazing children's charities. You made a very unique distinction there when you're talking about the organizations that benefit from this. They're local charities. These are not regional chapters of national charities. These are these are charities whose roots are based here in Virginia, southeastern Virginia, correct? Absolutely. And some of these charities are, are small, and some of them have been with us since the inception. And some of us, we're the only money they get all year. So while all charities are worthwhile and have their purpose for us here as part of the Priority Family and the Priority Charity Bowl, it's about taking care of the kids in Hampton Roads. So it runs the gamut um, of charities from the food bank to a puppet show talking about abuse to a center for that helps kids on the autistic spectrum so it runs the gamut and we do our due diligence on these charities because again all charities do wonderful things but some of them have bigger administrative expenses than others and we don't want to be in line with the ones that have the huge expenses how how much money last year was raised by the charity bowl over $434,000, so, which was monumental. So we're talking just the numbers that we've talked about in just this conversation. We've gone from 10000 up to 20000 back down to around 3500 then fifty, now all the way up to almost a half a million dollars right, just through this game. Right, I'm happy to let everybody know that we have surpassed this year half a million dollars. That's great news. Yeah. I, I know that every time I talk to you, you're running around with one of those big plastic checks. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> probably the best part of my job. I mean, the raising money is fine and the collecting it is even better. However, when you get to go to a race that takes care of the Eliza Hope Foundation and raises money for a class that caters to kids on the autistic spectrum and give them a significant amount of money, it makes an impact. And we're all about making an impact. We don't want to make just a ripple. Now, this is a football game. So clearly venue plays a big part. And as we've seen ODU build their football program back up, we've kind of seen a correlation with the Charity Bowl growing in stature. How big has that partnership been between ODU and the Charity Bowl? Well, I think it's it's amazing that the Old Dominion has uh, been so uh, generous to us, letting us use the locker room. Let, in fact, they let, when we were still doing the tackle game, they let me use Foreman Field to practice on their field, and we played at Power 10. They have uh, treated us unbelievable, uh, and we're – Greatly appreciated. I don't think we'd be here where we are without Old Dominion's uh, a game. And uh, this year we're playing on September the 14th at Old Dominion's new stadium. But I think next year we're going back to the spring game uh, and be part of that celebration. Well, that, and that's that's another thing that I, for people who don't know, this game, the Charity Bowl has always kind of been tied into the spring game and all the festivities going around it. But 
obviously there's been a few changes on campus this year with the football stadium and SB Ballard Stadium being completely torn down to be rebuilt. And so you guys are actually going to get to play in the new stadium a couple weeks after it opens. Talk about how, how neat that's going to be. It's going to, it's going to be a fantastic to be on that stadium an opportunity for so many players and people to come out and enjoy the new stadium and see what it's like and, and, and get down on the field instead of just being up in the bleachers, which is I'm very excited about, see what that new turf is like. To put, to put it in the proper context, figure this out. The stadium opens this weekend, mm-hmm. ODU versus Norfolk State. Who would have thought that would have happened years ago? But it's Norfolk State. And then I believe they Who go. Who are you rooting for, Orlando? <laughs> now, 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 you have to keep in mind that I played at Norfolk State, but we played at Foreman Field. That was our stadium. That's where we played. So I have a, always a dual loyalty. I just I love ODU. My daughter played basketball there. Um, and I love Norfolk State. My, my other daughter, my youngest daughter, plays there now. So we, we're split, but our loyalties are even. Whoever wins, we're okay even. <laughs> but to that point, so we start off with Norfolk State. And then ODU's next opponent is UVA or Virginia Tech. And then there's the charity ball. And then, they're in, then their opponent after that is either Virginia or Virginia Tech and then ECU. So we're sandwiched between some pretty good games. That's, that's not a bad way to, uh, to continue to market the charity bowl, exactly. that's for sure. Exactly. So UVA, charity bowl, Virginia Tech. ECU on one side, Norfolk State on the other. That's pretty good company. Some good marketing material yeah, exactly. right there. Now, we, we talked about the 35 charitable organizations. How does an organization go about asking for support or requesting support from the money raised by the charity bowl? So they go on our website, PriorityToyotaCharityBowl.com, and they click on a tab there about our charities, and they're able to um, ask for funds that way. And it's vetted. We have a charity bowl committee and we have a charity bowl executive board that decides which charities are going to receive charity bowl funds. Now, you know, you you mentioned the committee and you mentioned the board. The charity bowl itself is not a a for-profit organization. So these are people who are volunteering their time to make sure that these other uh, charitable organizations are getting the money that, that they feel they deserve. Exactly. I mean, they come from all walks of life, too. They have uh, bank presidents to high-power lawyers to accountants to sportscasters to CFOs to people that own a whole lot of automobile dealerships to small people. Um, and it's all about the passion for giving back. And it start- And again, I can't say it enough, but it starts at the top. Mm-hmm. And so... We take our charge from that and we get challenged and we meet it. We've talked enough about how you divvy out the money, but without raising the money, you can't give the money out. How does one go about supporting the charity bowl, whether it's corporate, whether it's individual, if somebody's listening or somebody hears this even after the charity bowl, because once this one ends, the work next year begins, how can somebody support the charity bowl? They can come out, and the charity bowl game itself is is free, open to the public. And we've beat around the idea of um, having donation buckets there, but we're just not there yet because, again, it's about playing the game and raising money for charities. But, you know, um, the bulk of it is um, businesses, 
wanting to give back and knowing that we're doing things the right way because we don't have a bunch of people that get paid um, by the charity bowl. Just doesn't happen like that. I work for Priority Automotive, and they pay me because I have other duties that when I'm not raising funds. So we don't have the administrative cost that a lot of other charities have. But they can go on our website and ask questions that way. They're welcome to call me directly or email me at troy.clifton at priorityauto.com. I'll be glad to talk to them about it and tell them about the great things we're doing in this community. You know, we're talking about it, but I I will recommend going to the website because there is a really good two-minute video with Orlando and Ray kind of talking about that short story on how it started, how it almost ended, and then how it was built back up. It's a it's a great organization. Uh, it's a fun, unique, charitable game, and I, I do recommend everybody get out there. As far as throughout all the years that you guys have been involved, I mean, we're talking if we combine it, you know, just shy of a hundred years involvement in the charity bowl together. I'm not saying if one person. Now he made us all. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are your favorite memories from the charity bowl? Is there one thing that sticks out? Good, bad, funny. Um, one, one of the, my most memorable moments, um, I'm, I'm probably one of the only people who won the most valuable player in the game multiple times. And then, well, you were coming off a year scoring 33 (laughs) touchdowns, I think with the Virginia beach (laughs) Neptunes, right? Yeah, that's correct. That's (laughs) correct. So, um, but bringing, um, bringing my youth out, I was coaching a little league team, um, and I brought them out to the game and they saw all these men up close in their uniforms and, What's unique to me is that four of those kids off of that little league team went on to play in the NFL. So I, I just, when I think about, you know, the James Whitley's, the David Martins, and, you know, the Eric, um, uh, thing, uh, Eric, da- Eric Hines and all the kids who went on and did, did great things, I just remember they all came to that game and it was bigger than life, and all of a sudden they had that drive and passion to go on and, and become NFL players. So that was my biggest moment. Wow. Uh, what I remember is uh, not only did Orlando win the uh, most valuable player multiple years, I think it was five, uh, he always, uh, all those years, he raised the most money. The players in those days had to have a ticket to get into the game, plus they needed to sell tickets to get into the game. And uh, the referees like Tony Garcelli had to have a ticket to get into the game. That's how we raised the money. But he raised more money than any other player all those years that he played. That's impressive because I didn't do that. (laughs) My most memorable game was my buddy Ken Whitley took Brandon Noble just out of Penn State on the way to the Dallas Cowboys, and he puts him in front of me. Just to remind me how old I was. I didn't know who he was. Brandon Noble had a bit of a mean streak, too. Yeah, he did. And uh, so uh, I remember walking off the field, and the quarterback put his arm around me and said, Coach, because I was coaching the team, too, he said, if you can't block him any better than that, he said, please take me out of the game because he's going to kill me. <laughs> so it was after that that it became a flag football game. <laughs> <laughs> Not right away. I, was, I just took myself out of the game. <laughs> uh, for me, it's pretty simple when we reveal how much money we've raised that year. And every year we get a little bit better, raise a little more money, able to take care of more kids, more charities. So. Well, it, it's great work by everybody, and, and I do, for anybody who will listen to this, the game is September 14th at S.B. Ballard Stadium uh, on ODU's campus. It's it's just a wonderful day, even if, you know, you're just going out there to watch that day to just kind of get an idea of it. It's going to happen again next year. So go out, get your feet wet, 
figure out what it's about, and then donate. And and for anybody who's listening, remember PriorityToyotaCharityBowl.com. You can go and find out all the information as far as getting involved, uh, donating, as far as what the charities are that are supported. Uh, it's a wonderful organization, and I got three wonderful guys in here, and I, I want to thank you all for joining us today. It was a, a great talk, and hopefully we'll see everybody out there on September 14th at SB Ballard Stadium. So I want to thank you guys. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the Hall Call podcast. I'd like to thank my guests, Ray Potter, Orlando Goodhope, and Troy Clifton from the Charity Bowl. And uh, hopefully we wish them continued success as we approach the 51st, correct? 51st Charity Bowl, uh, September 14th at 1 p.m. on the campus of ODU. Uh, as always, if you like what you heard, please like and follow the Hall Call podcast on SoundCloud. You can also find the most recent episodes on our website, vasportshof.com, and on our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all with the handle at vasportshof. I'd like to thank ESPN Radio 94.1 WVSP for their support, as well as Thomas Simmons, our executive producer. Until next time, I am Will Driscoll, and this has been the Hall Call Podcast.